This is Cruise Control. Control. Your on-air automotive magazine with co-hosts Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Control. Everything you need to know about new and used cars. Control. Industry news. We'll fix or repair your car on the air. Control. Fasten your seatbelts and let us take the wheel. Now, your ride is about to begin. Control. Because you're on Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Cruise Control. That is right, and welcome to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine with your every week live over-the-air hosts. Les Jackson here at the wheel of the van, Fred Staub over there in the passenger seat, again with a big stack of of information that we're going to pass to you uh, this hour. (laughs) Yeah, we are. Got a lot to pass. A lot, always a lot to talk about. It's amazing. Um, you know, we, we do this every week, and uh, there's never a shortage of stories. No. In fact, we frequently don't get to a bunch of stories. Well, we're going to get to this one, Les, because it's a big story. Will FCA and Renault merge? It's a big question in the auto industry this week. Who benefits and who gets hurt? I, I just hope they bring back one of my cars that I had from the past, the Renault Encore. I think they'll be bringing that back. I don't think so. I think that and the Le Car. (laughs) Which was related. It was a relative of it. (laughs) That's right. Um, I think they'll be uh, forgotten. Let's just say forgotten. Okay. And speaking of forgotten, uh, Jaguar is retiring its flagship model, and we'll tell you why. That's sad. I love that car. And yeah. Are subcompact SUVs the next big thing? We crunch the numbers and find out it may be a true trend. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Anyway, Buick thinks uh, that may be the case. We have details on the new Encore GS. Yeah, Encore is a big seller for Buick. We'll tell you about that. And they are talking tech. Imagine driving new cars years before they're built. That'd be good for at-the-wheel reviews, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, wow. Volvo has a plan to do just that. And Ferrari. Of course, all of us own a Ferrari. Um, anyway, Ferrari reveals its most powerful car, and it's also a plug-in hybrid. Yeah. The Stradale. Stradale. Yes. The Expensivo. <laughs> That's right. And we'll have an at-the-wheel review. <laughs> Sounds like something Homer Simpson would build. Uh, That's right. Well, all that and an at-the-wheel review of the Lexus RC 350F Sport. It's the vehicle I drove this week. Uh, it started out with just 327 miles on it. Mm-hmm. Crazy. That qualifies as a new car. That's all when we get rolling on this edition of Cruise Control Radio, your on-air automotive magazine, bringing you up to date on what's going on in the automotive world. Uh, hey, if you'd like more information on the show, check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com, where you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, get the latest updates, cruisecontrolradio.com. When we come back, it's potential merger time. They're going to look this over on Tuesday. Big meeting. See if they merge up, FCA and Renault. We'll tell you about it when we come back on Cruise Control Radio. Fred Staub, the other guys, Les Jackson, we're in the van. We'll be right back. You got 
Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control Radio. Merger time to the tune of $35 billion. Yep, it's all happening on Tuesday. The board of Renault will meet on Tuesday to discuss the Fiat Chrysler merger offer. Uh, huge amount of money here, $35 billion. <clears throat> so what an interesting situation. Chrysler, of, car, of course, I guess you can say was bought by Fiat, right? Right. Uh, they didn't merge. Were they bought by Fiat, would you say? They, they were bought by Fiat. Mm -hmm. uh, they were merged many years ago with uh, Daimler, which, the, which uh, did not work out. The famous merger of two equals. That was not. Yes. But, uh, just didn't work out. The, the corporate cultures yeah. were different, and it, it really was not a good merger. But now they're talking about merging with Renault, who also is tied up with Nissan, right? That's right. But I, that, that notwithstanding, I think this is a great idea. Mm -hmm. uh, now, Renault's partnership with, uh, it, they own 43.4% of Nissan. Uh, and, and that is a little strained because of the whole Carlos Ghosn situation. Uh, so FCA's bid, so FCA is talking about buying into Renault. How does this work? Um, it would be a merger it, offer. Yeah, it would be a merger, an actual merger. The name's going to get real long. <laughs> it, it sure is. F-C-A-R-N-A. <laughs> well, they might need yeah. a new name here. It could just end up being, um, yeah, what would it be called? FCA, they, I mean, maybe it would just be FCAR. So far, everyone seems open to it, but this is the first meeting on Tuesday, right? That's right. Now, you, you look at, there's a lot going on here. Remember, didn't FCA just do a big deal in Detroit to open up a, a new plant? Well, they did, yeah, um, and th that's all. Obviously, these are the big negotiations that go on over the table. Yeah. Um, that you know, what plants are we going to keep open? Which ones will be we be forced to uh, either close or combine with something else? Now, and here's a promise. There was a promise by Fiat Chrysler Automobiles to deliver. $5.6 billion in savings in its merger with Renault without closing plants. A lot of analysts are saying, how can they do that? They have something like 85 or 89% utilization of their plants in the U.S., but the utilization of their plants, some of their plants in Europe, is very low, and now you combine them with Renault. I don't know how they can keep them all open, but, you know, that— just to look at it, Fiat and Renault are underutilizing factories in key regions around the world. They have about an 84% utilization in North America. But remember, they're talking about opening more plants in North America, that big, that big, big, big deal in Detroit, right? So That's right. So um, that gives them more cap capability. Yeah. Uh, and also Fiat is having problems in Europe. Mm-hmm. 10% shrinkage in, in sales. Uh, Fiat 
brand is not doing very well in in the U.S. I mean, the whole big thing that people love about FCA is Jeep, right? That is the strongest oh, absolutely. brand out of all of them. Well, and Ram. Yeah, Jeep and Ram, you know. Uh, Alfa Romeo has done so-so in the U.S., although the vehicles But, you know, they're, pick, they're picking up because they're finally advertising. Well, it, it pays to advertise, as they say. That's right. So I just think that all of this, uh, I would call, if this goes through, I would call this a merger of of minds, a mm. merger of intellectual property, because when they're with together, they could really go far with electrification and with new technologies. Mm-hmm. Well, you, as you just said, electrification, Nissan is in the mix here. Uh, and they have done very well with elect- electrification, you know. Remember, Mitsubishi's involved, too. <laughs> That's true. We're going to have one company building everything. Right? It's it's going to be FCA, Renault, Nissan, Mitsubishi. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be incorporated. It's going to be that. Volkswagen, and now there's some talk this week of Ford and Chevy getting together. Oh my gosh. What would Mustang and Camaro owners do? Living in the same household. Hard to believe. Uh, yeah, that I don't see that ever happening. We'll talk about that and more when we come back on Cruise Control Radio with Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Keep it tuned. Control. Welcome back to Cruise Control. Lesson Fred here. Now we have a sad story. Yeah, it is kind of sad. And, you know, if I could play trumpet, I would play taps. That's sad, Les. <laughs> well, you know, because it is sad. Uh, Jaguar is getting rid of its just historically uh, significant uh, flagship XJ series. They're they're not going to make it anymore. No. Uh, and, you know, this is, it was interesting. I rode uh, with an English journalist, <clears throat> and he said the problem is for him that they made it look like every other car. They did. That's That's been my problem, too. I uh, When they brought it out, I said, well, it just looks like everything else. It doesn't look like a Jaguar. Mm-hmm. It's still a great car. I love driving yeah. them. The new ones. Um, so what's happening over at Jaguar, it's kind of similar that's happening with many luxury brands. Uh, you look at what happened with Cadillac, where they combined multiple sedans into a single model. Uh, the XE, their small sedan, and their XF, their midsize sedan, could be replaced with a single axle. And now their XJ, according to an auto car report, the current XJ will end production in July, and it will roll off the Jaguar plant in Solihull, UK, on July 5th. They built hmm. 120,000 examples of the current generation model, which is not a lot, is it? No, not since. Uh, that's nine years. Mm-hmm. And and here in the U.S., they only sold 1,579 of them. That's crazy. Year. 
I feel lucky, well, lucky to have just, driven a couple of them. Just to give you a, a comparison, at, at the height of uh, Alfa Romeo's uh, sales in the U.S. back before they came back to America, uh, Alfa Romeo sold 4,000 cars. Wow. Uh, and, and they left because, you know, there wasn't enough of a market for them. Right. And here, Jaguar is fifteen hundred and seventy-nine. That's really pathetic. Yeah, it is. And in the U.S., uh, they sold during the same time frame fourteen thousand seven hundred and fifty-two F-Pace SUVs. Uh, not, not that's overall in the world, I guess. And only four thousand seven hundred and four found homes in the U.S. of of their SUV. Yeah, that's not a rare many. vehicle, aren't they? They are, and then the XJ, or rather the F-Type. I love the F-Type. Uh, the F-Type's lovely. They only sold 2,268 last year. Jaguar is not doing well No. in the U.S. But they're being held up by a Range Rover, of course, right? Yes. But uh, F-Type is still an amazing vehicle. Really, really cool vehicle, you know? Mm-hmm. And and by the way, the XJ is uh, theoretically going to be replaced by an electric flagship mm-hmm. uh, that they say will re- will uh, keep the XJ name. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Reviving the nameplate. Yeah. So no more no more combustion uh, powered XJs. That's right. But you know um, they'll do it because. They want to be a, a big rival to the Tesla Model S, and that's that's a whole other story we're not going to talk about this week. But Well, we can talk about it a little bit because this is kind of a weird story. It's kind of a rumor, but it, there was some uh, some information from CNBC here that what's going to happen to the S model is it's going to be decontented. In other words, it has a very luxurious interior right now. It's going to get the interior from the Model 3, austere, mm, boy, not luxurious, not luxurious, and even the seats from the Model 3. Which is no great shakes to, uh, to start with. No. Um, um, I, I, think, I think this is the beginning of the, uh, of the swan song of... Uh, for Tesla, as in probably s- selling off to the Chinese. Well, there's some talk this week that Ford might buy them. Well, th- actually, that would be good if they did, because they could turn it into a, a really fine, reliable, predictable product. Yeah. And here's the other thing uh, that we didn't even touch on yet another story this week, that China was going to respond... Uh, to their tariffs uh, by saying we'll just not sell rare earth uh, materials yep. to to the U.S. or anywhere, and they hold the the largest uh, in the world uh, mines for rare earth magnets and that. And, that's right. And even the mining, the other mining that's done around the world, goes to China to be processed. So because it's highly toxic. Right. And China uh, has re- relaxed environmental rules. That's a nice way to say it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> there it goes. So the world turns, so the automotive world turns. A lot of information there. Um, we should discuss another big trend this week. Interesting article. <laughs> subcompact subcompact uh, SUVs. Now, we've seen a lot of these, and uh, Hyundai released plans for a smaller subcompact um SUV, uh, and this is, seems to be a trend that is happening. There's an interesting article uh, uh, that comes from the Automotive News Data Center uh, that uh, things like the Hyundai Venue and others, uh, the Kona, the Nissan Juke, the Subaru Crosstrack, Buick Encore, this is, this is the hot trend right now besides full-size pickups. Uh, that's right and actually this makes sense because they are like compact cars that are all-wheel drive but yet have the utility i'm not really opposed to this i think it's actually a good trend don't you well i do uh, uh, and they're not as subcompact as as subcompact used to mean right cross tracks uh, a pretty good big size vehicle i walked by one right. the other yeah. day it's not small yeah, they're not subcompact like the Fiat 500 is. Right. Uh, so yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense, and and people uh, people are looking not only for SUVs, obviously, but they're looking for for maneuverable, useful, cheap, all-wheel drive vehicles, all-wheel drive SUV type cars. Mm-hmm. Um, that they can just drive every day and uh, and they don't take up a lot of space. They get thirty to thirty-five miles to the gallon. A lot of them do. That's right. I know the Crosstrek, like I said, pretty big vehicle gets gets in the low thirties on the highway. That's not terrible, is it, for an all-wheel drive vehicle? Not at all. Uh, you know, they make better sense. The trend of people buying full-size pickup trucks is not going to last. That is literally not the best vehicle to be driving around it town. Just, and, that's right. It can't last. Uh, you just don't need it. I mean, heck, I bought a subcompact crossover years ago. It's called the Pontiac Vibe. <laughs> that's what it is. It's exactly. A, it's a subcompact crossover, four-cylinder engine. Um, you could get it in all-wheel drive uh, with a hatchback on the back. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. It's amazing what it can do, what it can haul, and it's a small car to drive around. I think it's a good idea. You know, I think it's what more people need. I don't, I don't get upset when they want to sit higher or, uh, you know, but hey, they can buy anything they want. It's not up to us, but it, it's an interesting trend. When we come back, we'll talk about Buick bringing in a new player. One of their models, the Encore, is very popular. They're bringing out another one called the Encore GS. We'll talk about that. We'll talk some tech about driving new cars before they're even built. It's a future at the wheel review on Cruise Control yeah, Radio. That's right. And Ferrari with its brand new plug-in hybrid. I think that could cost at least $70,000, don't you? Oh, uh, I oh yes. Uh, and and the other seat will cost even more. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll talk about that and more when we come back on Cruise Control Radio with Fred Staub and Les Jackson. And you may find yourself behind the wheel of a large automobile. Cruise 
Control. Welcome back. Welcome back to Cruise Control. We, uh, we're going to mosey on over to Buick. Yeah. Fred, because uh, they're really doing well with their Encore. Yeah. It's, with most of their it. products. I've driven yeah. it. It's a uh, import from Korea. It's a nice little vehicle. Luxurious, small, hatchback, all-wheel drive, right? Just like what we were talking about before exactly. the break. Um, you know, it's, it, Buick's really out there. They import the uh, uh, the uh, the. Oh, I've just had a mental block from China. Envision. The Envision. Yep. And uh, you know they're they're moving in from Korea. They're just just, just really cool. Well, the Encore is built in South uh, Korea. It received an extensive uh, work over in 2017 with major uh, improvements. And now this GS is coming out. It was just revealed at the Shanghai show. And it's a little bit bigger than the Encore, about three cubic feet more, uh, I, I should say five cubic feet more cargo than the Encore, and about three cubic feet less than the Envision. Uh, and it will include standard safety equipment like front pedestrian braking, automatic emergency braking, forward collision alert, Lane keep assist and lane departure warning. Rear camera mirror, high definition surround vision camera system. It's kind of a runaway hit for the Encore for Buick. And I think this is only going to do, uh, make it even better. Nice looking little vehicle, isn't it? It, it is. Uh, Buick's done a very nice job with the styling and, and their interiors, of course, are excellent. Mm-hmm. Not the um, what we used to call the you know GM parts bin <laughs> with look a, with a tufted uh, velour sofa <laughs> for seats. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And and you know Buick is to be credited um, for for they were the first ones really to take the chance uh, to introduce uh, crossovers and subcompact crossovers. Right. Uh, into the U.S. market, they did it, you know, six years ago, mm -hmm. and you know they were absolutely right. That's where the market is gone. Yeah, interesting that that division does so well for GM. Uh, you know, and and what really saved it during their bankruptcy, I understand they wanted to get rid of it. The government told them to get rid of it, and they said we can't. It's big in China, and. Uh, you know, it's it's turned out to be a success story for for GM, hasn't it? It has, and um, you know, it, the Cadillac has done well, Buick has done well, Chevrolet is you know, just kind of following along. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, it does well in trucks, but not oh so yeah, much in sure, cars. yeah. So uh, this will be an interesting addi addition to the Buick lineup. The Buick Encore GX arriving early in 2020 to the U.S. market. I'm sure. I'm sure it will do well. Don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little tech. We like to talk tech here, and uh, it's kind of a funny name here. This this tech comes from Volvo. It's called the Mixed Reality Tool. <laughs> um. That <laughs> some people live in that mode. Mixed some reality. people, uh, yes, <laughs> but but they can, they, uh, yeah, that's right. They can usually seek medical help for that. But. Yeah, 
Well, Volvo will allow its designers and engineers to use a tool that will let them drive the next generation vehicle years before it even exists, saving companies substantial time and money while improving safety. Uh, there's a Finnish startup called Varjo, which will launch mixed reality headsets that can be used while driving. So <clears throat> the XR1 goggles will allow Volvo experts to add virtual elements and complete features that seem real to the driver and the vehicle sensors for development purposes. So uh, they, they will be driving a current car, but they will be, in a sense, seeing a future car. It's mixing the video uh, from a camera that will show you the road with a new interior that is yet to be de developed that is, is still on the drawing boards. What do you think of this? Well, I think it's a pretty good idea. Uh, you know, for the designers, where normally you have to develop something with a CAD program, mm -hmm. and then you have to, and you still have to, uh, if, if you don't uh, use a printer to create uh, the three-dimensional design then you have to do it in clay right this this allows you to create all of this uh, in a in a set of goggles and you you immerse yourself into your design and you can see it as it would really appear mm -hmm. you can change things i assume rather quickly right uh, this just seems to me to be the the way the whole industry is heading what about using this technology where you have a Chevy Cruze, but <laughs> you pay to feel like you're sitting in a Ferrari when you drive to work? Well, uh, as Isaac Newton said, mankind will eventually use his highest technology to entertain himself. Yeah. So maybe that's a future use yep. of this technology. Who knows? Um, but if... Uh, if you really want a Ferrari right now, maybe you want a Stradale. Look at this thing, Les. This is their first hybrid, plug-in hybrid Ferrari, and one of their most powerful cars. Notice how virtually all mid-engine cars are looking the same. Looks sort of a little bit like what they say the next Corvette will look like, right? Yeah, well, they kind of have to look like that. Short nose, kind of a long back end. That's right. Kind of fat in the middle. Yeah, kind of fat in the middle around the rear and a little thin at the top. Yeah, that's the one thing I don't like about mid-engine cars. They all have short noses. Why don't they put a longer nose on to get more storage? I guess well, it's just excess uh, I, weight. I, it's excess weight. It changes the weight transfer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can understand, certainly from an engineering reason, why you don't want to do it. But from a styling point of view, I, I just don't like the uh, the wedge, uh, cow catcher, um, swoopy, I'm coming down to lift you up and throw you over me um, <laughs> look of these things. I don't care for that general shape. Well, uh, let's talk about the SF90 Stradale from Ferrari. It was revealed this week. It is the first production plug-in. The car is powered by a turbocharged engine that pumps out 769 horsepower. 
That is a V8 engine. And the remaining 217 horsepower is supplied by three motors, one at the rear and two at the front axle. Wow. That's a combined 986 horsepower. Mm -hmm. All-wheel drive. Car accelerates 0 to 62 in 2.5 seconds. <laughs> we're, we're reaching the limit of physics here. You're going to have to start wearing a, a G-suit when you wear these things. Yep, that's right. Uh, top speed of more than 211 miles an hour. It has an electric-only range of 16 miles. Perfect for European cities. That will require well, all yeah. electric cars, right? I can use that to go to the local grocery store. Uh, uh, 84 mile an hour top speed in electric mode. Uh, and that's just using the two electric mo motors mounted in the front car's front axle. And it has a 7.9 kilowatt battery pack, which is tiny. Car will only move backwards in electric mode because there's no reverse gear to help reduce weight. That's clever. Yeah. So uh, it is the first Ferrari sports car equipped with all-wheel drive, first Ferrari series production plug-in hybrid, first Ferrari with brake-by-wire system developed by Brembo, it so enables the braking torque to be split between the hydraulic system and the electric motors, allowing regenerative energy recovery. First Ferrari with the 16-inch curved high-definition digital infotainment system. Mm. So I know you're interested to order one in red. Uh, well, uh, yeah, but but I I I just simply won't pay more than a million dollars. Well, it's a million three. That's what they're saying. Well, I'm I'm gonna have to get a discount. Do you think it's sold out already? Probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, now remember, a little bit more affordable. The C8 Corvette's coming. There supposedly is a thousand horsepower hybrid version being worked on, right? Uh, absolutely, and uh, yeah, they they they're they're building finally, and that's by the way, I think that's the main reason for the mid-engine C8. They they want to finally be recognized as a world-class supercar. Absolutely. So, hey, we've got plenty more to go, including an at-the-wheel review of the Lexus RC350 F Sport. So keep it tuned to Cruise Control Radio. control and welcome back to cruise control lesson fred here we're winding things up i think with a bang because fred you've got uh, <laughs> you've got a uh, sounds like a pepper grinder <laughs> yeah. uh, you've got a, a bit of a at the wheel review sure do i had a, a great uh, great week uh with this vehicle that has a long name lots of letters and numbers it is the lexus RC350 F-Sport all-wheel drive, the 2019 edition. Beautiful car. It's a coupe. You don't see too many coupes. I don't get to drive too many coupes anymore, do you? No. No. And they used to be, you know, if you had a four-door car, you, were, you got the hand-me-down, and the cool guys had the coupe. Uh, but 
Coops kind of went away out of out of uh, popularity, but not so at Lexus. This is a beautiful car. Atomic silver on the outside, almost a champagne type of look, and red leather on the inside. Can't go wrong with that combo. That is a classic, classic combo. Um, ours was the RC350, so that means it came with a 3.5-liter V6 24-valve overhead cam engine. Uh, with variable valve timing and intelligent wide valve timing. 311 horsepower, 280 pound-feet of torque. Uh, The paddle-shifted ECT transmission had six speeds, and we made full use of those steering wheel-mounted paddle shifters. Full-time all-wheel drive, which was, in this case, more for handling. You ask, what does the F-Sport bring in? The F-Sport designation. Well, that brings in F-Sport bolstered front heated and ventilated power seats. The Lexus memory system for driver's seat. The power tilt telescopic wheel. Electrochromatic heated outside mirrors. Rain sensing wipers. Blind spot monitor. Drive select. Eco normal Sport S and Sport Plus. We didn't get into Sport Plus. S Plus because it was very rainy when we were testing this vehicle. The F-Sport uh, suspension tuning, adaptive variable suspension, 19-inch split five-spoke alloy wheels with a dark graphite finish, which look great with that atomic silver, aluminum pedals, black headliner, LFA-inspired instrument with G-Force monitor, unique front bumper, and the navigation package. So that's what get, gets you that F-Sport badge, what comes up. Uh, on the inside, it was... Great quality, a great quality car. Seats were comfortable, nice setup. Uh, what it still has and what is going to change, I believe, in the next edition of the RC, uh, is this still had the the kind of uh, you use your finger on the touchpad type of thing, almost like what you would do with a uh, laptop if you weren't using a mouse. Uh, it worked fine, but people really don't want that. They want touchscreen uh, and and in the next generation of the RC, they're going to move away from that. Uh, it did have uh, Mark Levison sound, which was great, and a 10.3-inch color multimedia display. Uh, my passenger thought it was a little bit far away from the driver, just the hmm. way it was located. But uh, there you have it. This vehicle only had 327 miles on it. It still had like some of the tags, delivery tags, hanging on it, believe it or not. That's, I think, the lowest mile press car I've ever had in this. Um, But um, what did I like about it? Well, I love the color. I love the sound of it. I love the red leather. I love the styling. A lot of cues, a lot of of body uh, style lines. Uh, It had a lot of active uh, brake cooling ducts. Um, I, I liked... The, uh, the silhouette of the car, the long nose, the short rear deck, had a usable trunk. I like that. What didn't I like? Um, it's a bit fiddly, the, uh, the, the touchpad. They still don't have Android Auto hookup in the car, which I think was a major miscalculation uh, by Toyota because there's more Android fo- phones out there. But uh, they, uh, that is going to be remedied in the next RC and they're going to get rid of that touch display and they're going to get rid of uh, um, they're going to get rid of the touchpad and they're going to add Android Auto so that's coming uh, 
the uh, rear seat legroom was ridiculous. I mean, it's perfect the rear seat for a small dog or perhaps a small hat, as long as it didn't have too big a brim. Uh, there was literally no leg room. I'm 5'8", and I adjust the seat, and there would not be leg room for you. Um, but that's fine. There is room to put things in, and the trunk was nice, nice and big. Uh, it is great. I mean, the drivetrain, zero lash in the drivetrain. Uh, excellent performance uh, on the highway. We did a lot of highway driving with this. Um, fine in the rain with all-wheel drive. Uh, you know, I love the handling of the, of the vehicle. Uh, you know, mileage was not that great. Uh, highway is 24. We got about 22 on the highway. Uh, combined numbers 21. Um, and, uh, the cost you asked about the cost, didn't you Les? Yes, I did. Well, ours had some nice options on it. It had a base price of 52,400. We got the all-weather package, headlight washers, windshield wiper de-icer, water-repellent front door glass, which is kind of fun, fast-response interior heater. Uh, We had triple-beam LED lights. We had that navigation system I told you about. And uh, we had um, a power moonroof and the F-Sport heated steering wheel, which was a bargain at $150. Courtesy delivery sticker, no charge. Well, that that's good. Hmm. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So, uh, with all the options, fifty six thousand one hundred and ten dollars delivery, processing, and handling fee. This vehicle is built, by the way, in Japan and shipped here. Fifty seven thousand one thirty five. Hmm. Nice driving vehicle. Um, like I say, it is basically a two seat vehicle, though. Uh, but really stylish. An everyday sports car you could use that's that's in my review what i thought of it it was a a a two-door coupe that you could use every day uh because it has that big trunk uh not a lot of room in the back you know you're not going to be carrying passengers but if you wanted to drive this every day and have a a sensible sports car this would be it and it does have all-wheel drive but once again in this case it's mostly for um you know, for handling capability and you're not going to go <laughs> off-roading in this, <laughs> but uh, nice, nice drive. RC 350 F sport, all wheel drive Lexus 2019. As I say, for 2020 changes in the infotainment system, which will probably uh, beget some changes in the interior. Um, but, uh, but I liked it a lot. A lot of, a lot of nice features on the car. Very comfortable, great seats, good car. Cool. Very nice. Yeah. What color? What color? Uh, atomic silver. Atomic silver. Atomic with, silver. With uh, bright red leather interior. And that's a com. I always like that combination. I do too. I, I have always liked red interiors. Um, and you don't see them often. No, you don't see them often. And, and I think the manufacturers have fixed the problem where it would fade out. Remember? And they would get that horrible pink color. Right. Right. Um, and, and, uh, this is really, uh, really, really a sharp car. Um, you know, that, like I say, I think it needs some work on infotainment and they, they have, uh, discussed doing that already. By the way, the radio less, as I always like to tell you, 825 Watts. Hmm. Uh, I hope that yeah. was enough for you to kick out. That's the uh, well, yeah, I, I would have to crank it way up. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, and we love reviewing cars uh, on uh, Cruise Control Radio. This week, uh, I'm driving the Corolla. So it's everything. Yep. We drive everything, whether it's a That's big right, truck. And I'll, or... uh, next week, I'll be able to talk about the uh, VW Atlas. Very good. Very good. So a lot going on at Cruise Control Radio. You want to stay up to date during the week? Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, check out the podcast edition. All there, cruisecontrolradio.com. Time for me to say, I'm Fred. Stop. I'm I'm Les Jackson. <laughs> We're going to see you down the road. <laughs> Bye.